Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben here. And Brett. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, today we are on episode number seven. Time is flying by. Can't believe uh, ice season is almost upon us. Oh my gosh, yeah. After this week, it's supposed to start cooling down. Uh, we'll be good to go. Finally getting into some good ice fishing weather here down in central Iowa. But for those of us, those of you guys who uh, haven't listened to the podcast before, we'll do a quick introduction. Uh, my name's Ben. I'm living in central Iowa here in Ankeny, Iowa, and just enjoy ice fishing, getting out and about, kind of the gearhead of the group, and and getting uh, using technology as best I can, uh, and go fishing along with Brett all the time, all the chance we get. So we're really excited for this upcoming season to talk with you guys about uh, just some different things in central Iowa that we deal with, ice fishing, some tips and tricks. Uh, learn about our tactics and how we approach tournaments, how we approach just fishing in general, and and talking about life too. Yeah, nice. Yeah, man, you got me excited for this podcast, even <laughs> Ben. Um, yeah, my name's Brett. Uh, I also live in Ankeny, Iowa, uh, more towards the central part of town. Um, and I guess yeah, for me in this podcast, it's just kind of a reason to get out and chat ice fishing with my buddy Ben. And um, we, you know, we've got a lot of family and other things going on. Um, that's always kind of pulling you in different directions. Um, so what we really want to kind of convey in this podcast and the goal of this, and I, uh, I hope that's getting across to you guys is just, there's a lot of, there's so many things pulling you in another direction. Um, sometimes you just got to get on the ice and, uh, relax a little bit. And I mean, this will kind of date the podcast a little bit, but we got a sweet comment on, uh, Apple podcast today about, um, exactly that where the guy said, yeah, I really appreciate all the, comments you guys have on your podcast not everybody's going to go to lake winnipeg and hire a guide in a resort and all that so um, i really appreciate those comments and uh, that's exactly what we were hoping to get across with this podcast yeah absolutely i mean when when we look at the bulk of where where we go ice fishing and when we go ice fishing it's it's sure you remember the big trips that you take and and going out you know driving four or five hours away to get out on a destination lake but Really, the bulk of the fishing that we do is after work on a weekday night. Yep. You know, we just get out and and have a good time, go out and catch a few fish, and just talk about the day and relax and and just enjoy the the winter because otherwise, yeah. not a whole lot to do in Iowa. Yeah, in it gets to be a long winter. You can't rely on the snow and run snowmobiles all the time. And I guess for me, yeah, those big trips are fine. But the ones that I enjoy the most are when I can get three, four, five buddies together. We get out on the ice. I mean, we might not even catch much. We'll just catch a couple sure. little bluegills, uh, cook up some fish on the ice, and uh, just have a great old day. I mean, that day a couple of years ago with me, you, and my brother, that's probably one of my most memorable <laughs> yeah. trips on the ice I don't I've ever you. had. That was a really good time all day long. Yep. And 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 our goal of this podcast is just we're we're talking to people at all levels of of ice fishing skills. So we've had such good feedback from people that have never ice fished, have no idea what we were talking about, talking about spud bars. Uh, a couple episodes ago, and now they're spud. They feel like they're confident with a spud bar. Yeah. They at least know the value of it and and stuff like that. That's really cool to to hear um, as feedback because um, this is the kind of podcast that I wish was out there when I was starting to learn mm-hmm. ice fishing because we've learned it all trial and error and the hard way and just to have some tips and tricks along yeah. the way. Uh, it's funny you mentioned really spud bar. I remember the first time I heard that term, and I was like, "That's just got to be like a piece of equipment, like." <laughs> I just kind of read about it. I mean, I never saw anything. I didn't really know what it was. And in my mind, I just imagined it was like a like a heat gun that you'd just <laughs> point at the ice and it would tell you how thick it was. And I'm like, how in the hell can that possibly work? What is that? 
But then, you know, just kind of, I mean, it's not, I never did any research. It was just kind of in my immediate head, that's what I thought it was. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing ever. Boy, come a long ways, Brett. Yeah, now look at us. <laughs> so anyway, guys, today on, on today's episode, we're doing a gear dump episode of Brett's entire setup. Yep. Really excited for this uh, because I know when I first met Brett, he is the schoolie king. He is <laughs> he is all about having schoolie, schoolie rods. They're a great option um, to get, get out on the ice with, and j- they just plain catch fish. So yep. we'll talk schoolie rods. We have a plethora of other equipment here. Uh, we're sitting in his Eskimo right now in his garage, which is pretty cool, uh, on a weekday night just recording this, having a good time. So hopefully you guys are fired up as fired up about this as we are. And we'll be back to talk Brett's gear after the break. Hey there, guys. If you've been over to our website lately over at shortrodshow.com and like what you see, you should get in touch with our partners over at Evergrow Marketing. They're a digital marketing agency that works primarily with landscape and lawn care businesses, but they also work with guys like us. They can help your business show up on Google and also get you a lot more customers through their unique digital marketing methods. Reach out to them over at evergrowmarketing.com and make sure you mention that Ben and Brett sent you from the Short Rod Show podcast to get an additional 10% off your first bill. Ben and I would really like to thank our listeners. Since we've aired this podcast, we've gotten an unbelievable fan response. We just want to remind you guys where you can reach us at shortrodshow.com. You can feel free to email us or follow our newsletter. You can also find us on any of your podcasting platforms, Apple Podcast. Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also follow us on Facebook, The Short Rod Show, and anytime you see those five little stars, please hit number five. Hey, welcome to the Eskimo Sierra Thermal Studio in Brett's Garage. (laughs) Oh, it's comfortable, isn't it? (laughs) It is comfortable. We got, yeah, we got whatever those Boulevard wheat beers you brought over, and um, we're just going to go through some gear. Awesome. Start asking me some questions, Ben. Well, Brett, what kind of flasher are you running over here? Because it looks surprisingly strange sitting up on a bucket, and I don't see a screen on it. What's up with that? Yeah, well, that's because the screen's <laughs> still on the boat. Um, I, I store the boat at my parents' house, and I left the screen on there. So if my dad and mom wanted to take it out, because there was still some quite a bit of time with uh, ice fishing, we just had a baby uh, two and a half months ago. So I was like, well, I'm not going to have time to get that thing back out on the water. Probably smart. Yep. So I just took that back there, left the units on there, but I'll be back over here for Thanksgiving to, uh, pick that up and get her geared up and ready to roll. But for the most part, what I got with that and what I wanted to highlight with it was just kind of the homemadeness that you don't need to go buy. Uh, you don't, you don't need to go spend 250 bucks on a battery and holder and another 500 bucks on a unit. Um, you can get by with, you know, kind of the bare bones. Yep. So what I got is I bought, um, so I had that Hummingbird 698 uh, unit. Um, I bought a Lake Master chip to put in it. We'll get into the Lake Master stuff here in a little bit. Um, and then I also bought a transducer and I bought a power cord. And all separate. All separate. I bought everything separate. Nothing came as a package. Yep, you weren't buying time. the all-season kit or no. the, the ice slash no. summer kit? No. And cool. I did a lot of research to make sure I got the right transducer that I needed. And I couldn't tell you what that one is anymore. But um and then what I did was I bought a seven amp hour battery at Fleet Farm for twelve bucks. Yep. Um, it all mounts onto so the base for the hummingbird. So I've got the one that came with the bird mounted on the boat, and I'm not taking that thing moving it back and forth. Well, it just so happened that a buddy Sean was getting rid of his old hummingbird fish finder. Uh, it was junk. He stores his boat outside, and everything kind of wears off on him. But uh, so I was like, well, shoot, I'll take that base, slapped it right onto my uh, hummingbird. Worked out perfect. Uh, cut out a circle of plywood to fill in the bottom of my 
um, my holder, and then I bought one of those Hummingbird soft shell packs. And I mean, it looks good all together. You know, I spent a hundred bucks on the on the transducer, maybe ten, fifteen bucks on the power cord, hundred and eighty dollars on the unit on the fish finding unit, and yeah, you got yourself a fish finder. That's perfect. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of guys too that fish with those like Garmin striker units, the hundred dollar, yeah. you know, real basic, you know, three to four inch screen yep. versions. Um, you know, this your hummingbird's GPS has been perfect trying yeah. to get on finding actual spots on the lake. Yeah indispensable yeah if you're going to go that route of going with a hummingbird or something like that make sure you buy the gps one because they sell the other ones but you're going to regret not having that being having the capability to put a lake master chip in there because i use that everywhere i mean what i do is as we have as we're working our way on the ice i set my hummingbird i turn it on i set it on this front seat as i'm pulling out there so i can look back and look at where i'm walking um and i have those maps pulled up and i walk right to the spot that i want i know exactly where i'm at every time and I mean, 10 or 15 feet on the ice makes a big, huge difference. And I know last time you're talking to, we'll probably look at doing a DeWalt upgrade. Yeah. Versus the 7 amp lead acid battery. Yeah. Although that 7 amp has done me well. But yeah, we're going to look at, I was looking, they got those, uh, uh, what are those things called? Those little power adapters that you put on the top of your battery. And then it also comes with a cord for like 20 bucks on Amazon. So we're going to play with it, see what we can do. See how long it'll last. It'll be interesting to see a 5 amp DeWalt battery. I think it'll last just volts. as long as a 7 amp. I can't yep. imagine it wouldn't. I think it'll do really well. It'll be pretty cool and just lighten up your whole package and it'll be yep. whole hopping around all over, just yep. like me. Yeah. Well, and look, what I like about that soft case is I can manipulate a little bit to keep snow and water out of it. It's got the packs on the side for me to put different lures and baits in and my always keep my hemostats in there and they're good to go. Yep. But what? then what's propping that up and what I set up on a lot is the essential bucket. The like, fancy I bucket. feel like that is the quintessential piece of gear Old school ice fishing, everybody has a bucket. Yep. And I'm afraid that people are starting to get away from that a little bit with all these nice fancy sleds. I definitely did. Um, I lost my bucket. So, I mean, I still got my ice fishing bucket. You can see all my stickers that I keep on that one bucket there. Uh, and I love, I mean, I use it to sit on. I use it to keep fish in. I use it to, you know, I so I cut that pack out perfectly so it fits in that bucket. Yep. Um, so I carry it around and it works sweet. So, yeah. Yep. Just storing gear. If you're looking for a cheap, easy thing to get your husband for ice fishing or your whoever your loved one is that loves to ice fish, go buy him some buckets. Mm-hmm. They're sweet. Yep. You're the bucket man. Do you remember my $250 bucket that I lost? Yeah, we kept the minnows in it. I feel bad about <laughs> that still. The $250 bucket would be the bucket the uh, lithium shuttle comes in, and that is long gone. It's sitting on a ramp somewhere in Iowa somewhere that uh, somebody picked up. Yeah, somebody picked it up and like, oh, freaking yeah. sweet. And some free <laughs> minnows in there. <laughs> yep. Dang it. Long gone. Yeah. Cool. What are you running for uh, heat in this shelter? So I run the the barn burner. I run the uh, Mr. Heater Rosebud heater that, you know, has caused more. The sunflower. Hut, yeah, the sunflower that's caused more hut fires than you can shake a stick at. But, man, it just heats it up so nice. Um, you only have to turn it on for a few minutes. Uh, it'd be real nice if I could find a smaller tank because those lugging those 25-gallon tanks kinda, or you, pound tanks You know, I was sucks, thinking about but, this year, too. Did they make like an 11-pound tank? And a five-pound tank. Well, where's the guy get one of those at? Amazon. I'm not even Well, where kidding. can I get that filled up at? You can then? get it filled up anywhere that fills propane. Yeah, but I don't know where to go get fil- propane filled up at. Oh, actually, no, I do know. Ace over here on town. Yeah, fill they'll it fill it up. That's right. But the tank's like, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks? Yeah, that would be sweet because lugging that big-ass tank kind of sucks. Yeah. But what I do like about that, and since I've gotten this hut now, I run the half shell a lot. Sure. Yep. Um, where, you know, you don't put the hut all the way closed on the ice. You put it up so it's just basically a, like a windbreak. 
Um, and then I put that tank out in front of me and it keeps you nice and warm. You get a little extra air. Yep. Get you outside a little bit. I do do that. If it's nice out, I like doing that quite a bit. That thing will heat you out of this little shelter, though. Oh, yeah. In a hurry. Oh, yeah. It works real well. <laughs> Never have to worry about freezing to death. No. This thing. And I don't know. I, I haven't had any close calls with burn stuff. It's got that. Maybe the old ones didn't have that cage around it. Um, I think they didn't have the heat shield around it. They just had the little wire thing. Yeah, you might front. be right. Because my dad's got an old one. And it put out so much heat to the sides. Put it out everywhere, yeah. For this, I mean, melt. the backside is cool. You'd, I've never noticed it being the backside of it getting real hot. Well, that's but good. yeah, I like running that little guy. Yep. Just, yeah, I need to get a lighter option for a propane tank. You got your lighter underneath there, right? You got the lighter ready to roll. With you? Carry that everywhere I go, otherwise you're hosed. But it, it never works when you need it to work. Well, you don't, is that a Bic? Yeah, it's the 70, 97 cent one. Yeah, that's high. why. <laughs> yeah, it's the 97 cent one. Just you get spend the $3 out. one and get a Bic. Yeah, You're going to use do. it all the time. Yeah, they do last a lot. Better. I'll <laughs> give you that. I have bought a nice one before, oh, yeah. and they do last. Yep. Uh, headlights. What are your, what are you running for headlights? headlights. So we're talking the type the type that you put on your head yeah, to head- get out to the lake to come back in the dark. Headlamps. A headlamp. So I don't have any wire, or I also don't have any lights hooked up in the uh, in the shelter. All my stuff is mobile, sort of deals like you. That. I don't have anything batterized. Still pretty bright in here. Though. Um, but yeah, I run the headlamp. It's black diamond. Um, that's one thing I don't cheap out on. I've bought cheap headlamps before, and they always go bad on you right when you need them the most. I really? use I, I use that headlamp for everything. Too. I use it when I'm working on the truck. I use it around the house. I use it when I'm grilling and the yep. oven goes to pot on me. Yep. I mean, I use that headlamp all the time. So, Wh- How much does that headlamp cost? Uh, I bet it was $35, $40. Bucks. Wow. Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, that's kind of expensive. But, and I use it hunting. I mean, it's got a super long mm-hmm. beam on it, and you can dim it down and... Yeah, it's sweet, and I I use it all the time, so I I didn't have any problem spending a little more money on that. There you go. But that's cool. Yeah, I like using that a lot. What about? Uh, I see you got some Lake Master software. What are you running for mapping? Uh, yeah, Lake Master all the time. So I've Just got Lake Master. I've got the Great Plains, so that covers what four or five states around around, you know, like Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, maybe the Dakotas. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember exactly, but that, and then I've also got the Minnesota one, but. That one's more. I've never been up there fishing, so that one's just for open water. But um, the just the detail that you can get on those lake maps, like you take a lake like like Hooper uh, down by Aquabi, and there are three holes where you catch ninety percent of the fishing. Hmm. But looking at the lake, you would not know where those holes because they're not very big areas. You'd have to punch a hell of a lot of holes to really know where those holes are at. Um, but you pull it right up on your lake master, boom, boom, boom. I go punch forty holes. And I'm I've drilled out the spots that I want to go catch my fish at. Um, yeah, that's worth it right there. If you're if you're just out stabbing stabbing yep. holes randomly, yep. trying to find or fish. Or you take a lake like Big Creek. There's so much structure, so many so much bottom structure, and there's so many uh, spots that the DNR put out there that having that as you're working your way up the lake, if you're having troubles finding fish, and being able to try different depths and see where structure's at is it's key. Because um, I mean, so often playing A and B don't work out on big creek yep. you usually have to go play in c and d and then even then it's usually just when you're finally ready to give up that you finally find a fish or two yep yeah lake lake maps have been really helpful and that's something that i'm just getting into uh when i met brett because i was i was going out with a little map on your phone the cheap uh free dnr maps with yep. kind of the rough topography and showing you that your contour lines and trying to get on the good spots. Yeah, hey, those contour lines are only are 10 foot on the yep. dnr deal where the contour lines on my lake master are a foot so, I mean, you can get – it's just so much more high definition. I mean, there's a lot that happens in a 10-foot contour 
that you don't have any idea. We need to get that chip back from Brandon and get old Big Creek pinned down. No, that we got to. We just got to download that off of his deal. That's not on his chip. Oh, so we can you download save that? it off. We got to. I need to go take a new chip and copy it off. Is what we need to do next time we see Brandon because some auto chart this summer. Yeah, we're Brandon. Our buddy Brandon picked him up stuff. What a Polar Craft, and that thing is sick. It's got a Helix Nine on the front, and we were just charting all over the damn place on Big yep. Creek over the over the summer, <laughs> um, picking up every rock pile and brush pile that they possibly have, marking spots, marking spots, and then what we're, we need to do is next time we get over there, we need to download his all his points so I can get him on the Humminbird here. Yeah. We'll put that on our list for. This I mean, year. I bet we put fifty <laughs> to hundred points on his on there just during that. Yep. Just while we were out there. What's that Bible-looking thing next to the Lake Master? Is that, that the fishing Bible, according is, to Brett? That is the fishing Bible. That's where I keep all my notes. Every time I go out fishing, and this is key, and I feel like not enough people do this because it's kind of an extra thing, kind of an afterthought. But I, two years ago, I, I made it a focus and a point to start a little a little book. I'm hesit- my wife calls it a diary, and she kind of <laughs>, laughs at me every time I bust it out to start writing in it. And she goes, Dear Diary. Um, but uh, what I... I keep every time that I go out into the lake. Unfortunately, it's probably been three months since I've added to it. Um, it's been been a been a busy three months. Yeah. Me. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and I put everything in there, and it I put down time of day I started catching fish, what fish I was catching, what lake I was on, um, and then some of the conditions. Was it clear, cloudy, rainy, windy, um, temperature? And if I have an idea or in a gauge of water temperature, I also write that down. Um, that's mostly when I'm in the boat. If I know water temperature, I don't know, obviously if I'm on shore. Um, and then kind of, if I'm shore fisherman or shore fishing, I'll kind of, you know, lay out the points of where I was catching some of those spots. Otherwise, um, I'll take my hummingbird. If I'm on the boat, I'll mark those points and then it gives me a point number. And then I also write that point number in the book. Um, and that now I'm gotten to the point where now I can go back and start recalling history and saying, Hey, round about what time was I fishing? And you know, so it's, you know, January 15th. Mm-hmm. I've seen these conditions. Um, what do I have in my book and where I should go and see what kind of bite I can get on? That's I really mean, you cool. do remember a lot of it, but there's key details that you forget. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just having that written record to be able to reference back. Yeah. Uh, once you fill that book up, I mean, that'll be just gold. That's going to be valuable. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why I put it in a book. I didn't put it on the internet. So some asshole didn't try to hack me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> keep that under wraps. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And then I also keep all my fishing licenses in there. To just, I don't know, just a memory because they're all sticky now. So as I go through oh, the yeah. years or whatever, I just stick cool. the fishing licenses in there. Yeah. It's just more of a memory kind of deal now. That's awesome. And then those are butted up right next to the, we've talked a lot about these, the schoolies. Now, some people may be too. They're not going to know what it is. Yeah, describe they're, what you're seeing. They're not sure what a schoolie is. Describe what you're even looking at. So there. people nowadays are talking inline reels. Everyone mm-hmm. is going crazy, spending hundreds of dollars well, on are. inline reels. You are. I have one, and it was not $100. <laughs> it was close. But um, the, the inline reel phase really started with the schoolie rod. So back in the day, do you remember seeing ice rods that just had two, like, golf tees? Yeah, well, not you, the golf tees, but I remember seeing like the dovetail. Around. Yep, like that you'd still wrap it around yep. the duck. I yep. had a, I had a couple ducks back in the day. Wow, the green mal- no, is it the green mallard? Is that what they were called? That's it's off a grumpy old mint. It's the exact same deal. <laughs> I've thought about making one of those and mounting it on the schoolie because that'd just be cool. But. So, so the schoolies are the original inline reel. So, yeah. so they have a reel mounted uh, horizontally um, that is just a little cheap plastic spool. They come with line. Yep. 
Yep. Um, they come with the fake wood handle that's actually not fake. plastic. Yeah, it's all plastic. They're not. Um, they have. Out. I don't know what the rod itself is it's made, made out, out of. Fiberglass. Just a fiberglass stick. Yeah. You'd get splinters if it splintered out. But they have a spring bobber, and that spring bobber is actually pretty sensitive. Um, you can that use that. It's tipped in orange. You can see it at night. Yep. Um, it's got a little uh, built-in um, stand. You can set them up on the ice. They're not going to freeze down on you. Yep. They're not going to roll away on well, you or don't anything. Don't forget about the drag. There's good drag, high-quality drag. drag on that sucker. They got a, a carbon drag washer. Yeah, I don't know if it's carbon. It might be just Chinese <laughs> steel, but yeah. So, so the schoolies, they're, they're very multi-purpose. Brett used them all the time. I, I mean, how many schools are you looking them. at right here in this pile? And this isn't even all of them that I own. Well, I gave you all mine, so you got like six now. I got eight downstairs. I got five <laughs> right here and three down in the basement still. So explain the different uh, actions to them. What do you prefer? So what I really like about the schoolie, and as Ben mentioned, number one key is that spring bobber on the top. I mean, it doesn't matter how light of a jig I put on that. It's always going to sag down a little bit. It's always going to have a little extra tension. And what I like about that is you can detect those up bites. Sure. And a lot of times it's tough to tell detect that with your uh, regular reel, rod and reel, um, especially if you have a little stiffer one. Um, so I like that a lot, especially catfishing, because that is an extremely soft and light bite when they come and kind of mouth your bait. Um, to me, that's the these are the best rods if you're going to start trying to catfish. Because um, you need something pretty stout. The, those have some backbone, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hold in some nice cats over mm-hmm. the summer or last winter. Yep. Uh, there's video somewhere around of me being just freaking jacked up on Terra <laughs> Lake, just pumped. Uh, it might have only been maybe a three-pounder, if that. But uh, Yeah, that's fun. And what I do a lot, you know, obviously the the reel's not great. It's a one to one, uh, best one to one that's ever been made. I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> if it's a big fish, I just handline it. Yep. I'm not gonna dink around trying to reel it and fight it and let it run drag. Which I have some, which I do if I'm you know catching some bigger ones and I'm having fun. Yep. Um, it is fun listening to the squeak, just squeaking as it goes. Yeah. God forbid you oil them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might throw the action off a little bit. <laughs> um, but I like that about them, and then I also like the set. I mean, you know you get a good solid hook set in those suckers because there's no – once that spring bobber hits the main rod, it's a pool stick. I mean, you're yeah. going to get a good solid hook set in those fish every time. And that's why I like running monofilament. No, floral. Which one's the stretchy one? Mono. Mono's – yeah, it's stretchy. I like the stretchy yeah. mono. And also what I like about this is so what a lot of people do with their spinning reels, and that annoys the shit out of me is when they flip over that bale and they just let that bait go straight down and then they stop it because you end up with all that coil in your line. Oh, so you, sure. You so don't have a spinning around. Yep. You end up with a lot of spin. You don't have that spin on here. And if you don't have a heavy enough jig, you end up with still a lot of coil in your line. Mm-hmm. Where with these schoolies, if I reel it up, I have to hand line pull that back out of the reel. So number one, that's testing knots, that's testing line, and that's testing drag. Um, and then that just makes sure the whole system is ready to rock and roll sure. every single time you drop that line down and then you know that that fish is not going to break off if you need to use the drag yeah that's a good uh, point because you're pulling off it with the drag in the first place so i uh, will say going from a regular rod to a schoolie rod the hook sets are totally different oh yeah uh you will rip uh, a crappie's mouth open on a schoolie if you're if well, you you're know used, what you're doing if you're used to a noodle rod yeah so i'm fishing a noodle rod and, and you sit the shit and out you do, of yep you raise her all yeah. the way to the roof of the shack yeah and make sure you got them well with a schoolie you just give it a little just give Three, it a little tip, pop. and you got it yep. every time. Yep. yep, easy fish in there. Yep, yeah, you don't lose a lot of fish. But I mean, pers- I mean, personally, I haven't lost a lot of fish. I'll guarantee you, I've never broken the schoolie, the original schoolie line. 
I've never broken it. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I bet it's like six pound high vis something. You're ready to buy some more. No. Well, the problem was that stuff was, I was getting into some really finesse jigs and the, the line wouldn't fit through the eyelet anymore. <laughs> now it's becoming a problem. So yeah. now we put, I don't know. I'm thinking about that clam. Uh, the ice, frost. The clam frost. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, that clam frost or I'm going to break down, take your advice and get the suffix advance. Yeah. One or the other. But I, I think, the clear, I think the clear line makes a big difference. I would never, people put braid, it just freezes up on you in my experience. We're, we're not fishing enough in a house. I like braid open water, braid. but I'm not into braid ice fishing. Yep. I'm just not into it. Yep. Um, the only braid I've tried is that Power Pro Ice Tech. Yeah. And, and that's supposed to be coated in, you know, Teflon coating or whatever to make sure that the water beads off of it and doesn't stick to it as bad. Uh, that didn't do a thing. No, that doesn't I mean, work. if it's below 10 degrees outside and have any kind of wind, you're just going to have a freaking toothpick coming out of the water and you're going to be crushing through ice trying to reel it in. Yep. Which, of course, schoolie, that could probably handle it, no problem. If we're talking spin reel, no way. No. Nope. No. I just, and I mean, the ice builds up on your line anyways, and that bothers me anyways. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that is probably the, the downfall of the schoolie is the little spring bobber, the tip mm-hmm. will get ice in it, and then you'll you got to clear that ice out. Maybe you but, spray a little WD-40 on it. Uh, just, I don't really want to get WD-40 on my line and then it's going down. I feel like that's going to be a yeah, problem. Yeah, that's true. But um, we did also discover something new today about the Rattle and Flyer. We've mentioned it before that we love the Rattle and Flyer, and I discovered something new today. Yeah, shout out to the to my buddy Denver about talking about the Rattle and Flyer this weekend. He had never heard of it, if you really? believe that. He's like, i got to get me some of those yeah. that Ben and Brett keep talking those about. Those things are freaking sweet. Well, they've even gotten better now. So as I mentioned, i got a two-and-a-half-month-older home. And I got home from work today, and he was sleeping down kind of in our lower living room. And I keep my ice fishing stuff in the basement, so I have to go through there. And his direct line of sight, if I would have flipped the light on in the basement, would have shone light on his face, and I wasn't going to risk waking him up. So I went down there in the dark <laughs> and uh, flipped on the light in, my, in the closet that I keep some of this stuff in, uh, gathered up a few things, pulled it out, and shut the light off. Lo and behold, the freaking eyes on those uh rattling flyers glows i didn't i've never i didn't that's know that so this cool. whole time yep that's why i don't know if that's a special edition one or what but we'll have to test it out they yeah they glue that's i couldn't cool. believe it added bonus yeah. and they're they're pretty reasonably priced too yeah a couple that's bucks and a lot of times they go on sale too yep. so. they last a long time i've never seen them in the bargain bin though if i ever go in the bargain bin i'm gonna go yep. ham that's the lindy lindy rattling flyer yep yep cool what else you got over in this bucket over here so bucket number two, that's where I keep all my main gear. So a lot of guys like to keep rod cases, and they like to keep backpacks, and they like to do all this other stuff where I just throw everything in a bucket, and that's where it lives all winter long. Um, so what I got in there is all the main gear. But then I also like running this uh, rod holder off the bucket. It's a bu- it's a rod holder that just it's made to slip over the edge of your bucket. Put your rod holder in there. Because I've been down the road. There's There's been a few schoolies lost in my past. Yes, and there have. I try to avoid that. So I mentioned the... Trip with Ben, my brother, and I uh, up to Brushy. Was that two years ago now? And so Ben was inside cooking or cleaning fish, and I was going to go come in and see what you were doing. And my brother was fishing next to me, and I'm like, hey, Brian, watch watch my pole there. I'm going to go see what Ben's doing quick. And he was dinking around something, wasn't really looking. He's dinking around. I don't think I walked 10 feet. And he turns, he's like, what pole are you talking about? What are you talking about? I look back, pole's gone. Empty hole. I couldn't have been gone for three seconds. And he thing pulled it right and then well the worst was the shit of it was there there was like glaze ice over that hole and you could see 
the <laughs> hole that the the rod had made. There was a little hole, or there was a little uh, uh, round hole, and then there was a little slot where the reel fell through. <laughs> I was like, dang it! So some crappie's got himself a, or a hope is probably bigger than that. Probably, it's probably musky. musky. Yeah, because I did catch a musky there later that day. I was going to post that picture the other day. It was about the size of That's your hand, but it was still cool. Musky on a schoolie. Yeah, everybody came down, came over to see real quick when I yelled, oh, it's a musky! <laughs> Everyone's ears perked up. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Comes out, and it's about 14 inch long. Yeah, he's still out of spots. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What about this uh, little flag deal you got sitting in your cup? Flag deal. So that was a St. Paul Ice Show purchase. Um, so it, run, it it mounts on to like a spinning reel. And what you do is you kind of, it, it fits on the rod. It's got like a little rubber deal on it that snaps onto the rod. Then you kind of weave your line through it. And so then as the, and then you can set the the spring flag, which I'm not doing a great job describing this, but um, essentially you weave your line and then when a fish tugs on it, line the uh, flag pops up. Yep. Real efficient. So it's kind of like a, a. It's a strike indicator. Yeah, strike indicator sort of deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It says first strike right on the little tube there. Yep, so I like that. And then, actually, the most valuable piece of equipment that I keep in the bucket is the little cup that that's sitting in. Little plastic cup. Yep. Like you get at a wedding. Yep. Uh, that one might have been from a wedding, even. So what pisses me off, the, well, it doesn't piss me off. It just annoys me, um, is when you see people on the ice. And I don't know if guys are okay with cleaning frozen fish. I personally don't really like to clean frozen fish. So what I do is I take that little cup. I've put maybe five scoops into the bucket, and I throw my fish in there. Five scoops of water into the bucket, and I throw my fish in there, and then they're not frozen solid um, when I come back to clean them. Guys, I like clean, clean, keeping fish. I mean, you know, a lot of people, oh, put them back, and, you know, yep. some people, I wonder if they ever eat fish. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I'll keep, you know, a handful handful of fish every year, and, yeah, put a little water in your bucket and throw your fish in there. Yep. Um, if you don't learn anything from this podcast ever, learn to do that. That way you're not cleaning, cleaning frozen fish. And that's a big tournament deal, too, because, I mean, all the tournaments that you fish, they want the fish to be alive and not frozen. Yeah. Or if nothing else, at least not frozen. Yeah, not frozen. You know, keeping a few inches of ice or of, of water in a bucket can keep yep. the fish pretty fresh. I mean, we fished some cold, cold tournaments this past year. I mean, that first one we did on on Don Williams. Yeah, it's about I bet zero. there was two and a half, maybe three inches of ice frozen on the inside of that bucket. The top of the bucket was starting to freeze over. But those fish never were frozen. This year we got the insulated bucket, though. Yeah, this year we'll try the insulated try bucket. We'll out. see what happens. See yeah. if it holds up. Maybe we'll put better. some warm water in there, and then they'll be all right. Yeah, perfect. I don't know. Start thawing some uh, some snow down on the sunflower. Yeah, we could put the sunflower on the bucket and keep it warm. Yeah, or light it on fire. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of keeping things warm, we got the playmate over there. Yep, the little blue playmate. Yeah, I don't take my lunch in there. I'll tell you that. Oh, well, you wouldn't want to keep lunch in that playmate. It's kept a lot of bait in there. So now I've got my buddy Denny. Shout out to Denny. I know he listens to this thing quite a bit. Uh, I got his angle. He basically bought it, and now I just keep it at my house. We both jumped on that bandwagon, though. Yeah. Angle believers. Yeah. I mean, it's a sweet deal. The only thing I don't like about it for ice fishing is that little seal will freeze up on you, and it's kind of a pain to open the open the creases back down. up. Yeah. Yep. But uh, prior to that, or if I don't have that, I run the little Playmate, which is just your classic um, you know, you got the little push button on the side to push it open and then you, the top, you know, pushes front or back to get it off yep. or to open it. Um, and I use that to either keep bait in or I also kept batteries in there this past year. Um, actually I did put a little lunch in there, but it was all bagged up. Yep. At one point. That's not so bad. And it's a nice little cooler. It works great. Yeah. I like running that thing a lot. Awesome. 
tell tell the listeners a little bit about your shelter too, because I know that's a yeah. relatively new addition. What were you uh, what were you rocking before this, and then what? Uh, got you into the old Eskimo. So what I had before this was the Craigslist mouse infested special. Uh, uh, I think it was a glacier was the brand if I remember right, but it was just one of those, like, I don't think, I don't know what that style of cooler or style of, uh, that's shelter's the one called. that folds up into it's a, like small a suitcase. Is that what suitcase. they call them? I would say suitcase style. Yeah. I don't know if they call it that or not, but that's what, it, that's what I think it's called. Um, and then you pop it up and it's got a little frame in it. And then you got like a foot and a half, two foot in front of you that you fish in. And if you get out of it, that thing's blown across the lake. Uh, so you got to either figure a way to stake it down or hope, or don't open it if it's windy. Yep. Um, so now what I got, and that was, yeah, Craigslist Special had mouse holes in it, so you didn't have to worry about ventilation when you were running the heater, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> it let plenty of ventilation in. But now we run the Eskimo Sierra Thermal, which I have been extremely pleased with. Yep. Um, I, yeah, like I mentioned in another episode about the only thing that I'm not a big fan of is the clips that your extension poles run off of um, sometimes a little spring in there gets off center and then your stuff doesn't like this back one still doesn't clip all the way i need to fix that or send it in um otherwise this thing's sweet um it's really warm they yeah. did they did a good job insulating this and just having the different color so it's bright red on the outside you it's can't black miss it. on top and it was well, black all the way through yep it's Almost. black inside so I mean, it is, and you can really black it out. I mean, you so put up the heat. you put up the Velcro stuff, and it blacks right out. And I do one thing I like about this shelter more than yours is the seats. I like these seats. Mm-hmm. Your seats. I mean, they're not maybe not as cushy, but if they get wet, you don't have to worry about it. Yep. And I like the seat mechanism better than yours because um, you just flip it open. You can flip them up and get right in and do what you need to do. Yep. There's still a lot of room in the in the sled too, and it fits in the back of your pickup. That's handy. Mm-hmm. In a five and a half foot And bed. one man can do it. I no mean, problem. I can pick that thing straight up myself and yep. pop it right in the back of the pickup. Yeah, it probably is, what, 70 pounds, 60 pounds? Yeah, I think it was 75 pounds, I think, out of the box. That's manageable. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's operational anyways. And then, so we didn't talk about an auger system. Uh, so my current Strike Master is pending sale. Well, it is sold. It's just buddy's got to come pick it up. And then, so I've got the Strike Master hand auger. Mm-hmm. The seven inch. Yep. And then on our way back from the uh, ice show, we're going to pick up, stop by Clear Lake Bait and Tackle and pick up a clam plate and an extension. And we're going to be ready to start cutting ice. Nice. Big time. Yep. Um, Quick update, too. Since the last episode worked on a little auger mount for our quad. Yeah. Yeah. um, My ultimate goal was to have a dual auger mount. So that would be just sweet. Yep. Having two. Clam plate drills mounted on the front of that thing, on that rack. Uh, but wound up going with just a basic gun rack style, uh, you know, two U-hooks uh, bolted onto, clamped onto the frame of the front rack, yep. and the auger fits right in there. Yet you, you do have to have it all all the way extended. Yeah. It's not a big deal because no. we're relatively tall. I mean, we can And once the ice get gets through. thick enough anyways, you want it extended. Yep. But. And I put a couple uh, hitch pins through it just to hold it. Keep it from bouncing around, and it's solid. It's One thing I think it's going to be key once tournament season comes around is both of us having those augers and being able to, especially if we're fishing a shallow water bite, is we're able to dig a pile of holes quick Yep. and then be quiet coming back and fishing through those holes. Yep, absolutely. And, and the drill key. auger, that helps a lot. I think that gas auger, I mean, it's, for, too loud. it's really loud. Yeah. I mean, we definitely would not go up and fish next to someone that was punching holes with the gas auger. Yep. So... 
you know, in my mind, it just makes a lot of sense to have a quieter drill option well, punch through. Especially when you get in that shallow water bite on Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be tiptoeing across the ice if you're going to be fishing in three feet of water. Yep. Because uh, they can hear everything that's going on. I don't care if that ice is a foot thick. They know those fish are going to be able to hear what's going on. And then they scatter. Um, so the key up there is drill a pile of holes, let those holes settle, yep. come back and fish them. Yep. And then let fish get back underneath of them and then go to town. So I think that'll be key tournament time up there. Yeah, looking forward to that. We're yeah. we're definitely coming up on that that time of year and that kind of season. The weather's been a little bit rocky lately, just getting uh, cold right off the bat, getting everyone excited, and then uh, warming up and losing all the good ice that we uh, were starting to make. Yeah, I'm kind of glad we don't have any ice right now with this big snowstorm coming. Um, yeah, Northwest Iowa's going to get pounded here tomorrow and the next yep. day. So, yeah, it's a good deal they don't have ice yet. And then after that, I don't see anything above freezing in the 10 day after yep. December 1st. Actually start making some good ice again. Start making ice. We fun. might be, man, what'd you say? December 14th? I said, I thought December 10th. Maybe you said December 10th. Yeah. We, we might be on that. Yep. Especially some of those littler ponds. up Small by, ponds uh, with our spud bars. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. We sure appreciate it. Um, make sure to go check out our website. Uh, go to shortrodshow.com. Um, where we have an email list you can sign up for on there. You can learn more about uh, Brett and myself. Yep. Um, and go ahead on our Facebook page at The Short Rod Show and leave some comments, leave some oh, reviews. Yeah. Um, you know, we love getting your your guys' feedback, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, you know, if there's something so you want So far, wanna... it's all been good. So far, it's been really good. Except for that one dick that gave us a three-star. I know. <laughs> Who is that guy? Which all five stars, everything we've seen so far, then we see one. You even say it in our little commercial. I mean, maybe it's not. They're not doing it. You know, maybe we're not for everybody, but (laughs) that cracked me up when we had so many five stars. And then Ben texted me yesterday, the day before. Do you see somebody left us a three star? (laughs) Uh, So we want to hear from you. If you what what can we do to get to five in your mind? Yeah, Um, definitely. You know, be interactive. We have an Instagram page now uh, at the Short Rod Show. Um, we also are on all your major podcast platforms. And if we're not, if we're not on something that you listen to, let us know because there are a pile of podcast platforms. Never realized there's so I many. did not know anything about that either, except for SoundCloud. We're probably not ever going to be on SoundCloud. But. SoundCloud costs money to be on. Yeah. We ain't about that just now. They're not our hosting website, so I'm not going to pay them to keep yep. our stuff on it. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining us. We sure appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on The Short Rod Show. Mm-hmm.